listening to Wallet Rewind with Kyle Joseph and Riley Turner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wallop Rewind, the show where we look back at old wrestling pay-per-views, shows, different things, and we review them. I am Kyle Joseph, and as always, joining me is Rylan Turner. Rylan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We we watched something that didn't like, didn't like disturb me or offend me or just bother me in a sense of uh, pro wrestling. Uh, so it was it was interesting. Well, we'll we'll get, definitely get into it. So I want to first give thanks to our um, Royal Rumble Pool corporate champion Will Gray, who has selected this show for us to do and the show that he selected as for his uh, victory in the royal rumble pool was survivor series 1998 he actually tied for first so next month you're going to get another review from a different winner but survivor series 98 is the choice for today which means we got to watch a whole bunch of attitude era matches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before we get into the pay-per-view itself um we haven't had a se- we haven't had this segment on the show for quite some time. It's time to bring back Rob's roundup. All right, what does Rob have for us for this show? He's got a lot. He's got a lot. So I'm going to try and rifle through it. Uh, Survivor Series 98, dubbed Deadly Games, was the first Survivor Series to not have any traditional Survivor Series style matches. It was the first tournament in ten years in the WWE. Uh, the first tournament since the world or for the world title that is, and it's the first since WrestleMania four. Uh, interesting that both men were or both were 14 man tournaments instead of the usual eight or 16. This is the first Survivor Series to not have Bret Hart on the card. Jacqueline made her first defense of the newly reactivated women's championship, which also became the first uh, title change for for it in that era. The Rock beating the big boss man in three seconds is the shortest match in WWE history. Uh, there was a miscommunication in the tag match uh, as D'Lo had Mosh down for the pin and Tim White delayed the, his count, waiting for Billy Gunn to get in and make the save. Uh, the tournament final was a replay of the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, I'm not going to say what he said to, about <laughs> Vince after that because he, he, he went off. Um, the reviews were mixed amongst fans and critics with everyone basically saying that... The matches were shit, the finish was shit, but the storyline advancement was good. The pay-per-view set up the corporation storyline. This also set up a series of amazing career-defining matches for Mankind against The Rock. He he says to go watch the I Quit match from the Royal Rumble the following year, which we've reviewed. Uh, X-Pac apparently injured his neck during that match, which was quite the scene uh, during the tournament. Uh, Regal left after this pay-per-view for WCW again until the year 2000. Mark Merrow left the company about a month after this. He was supposed to start a program with Steve Austin, but after he took the Sable Bomb, Austin said no because he just got beat up by his wife. How could he possibly be an opponent for the company's top guy? And now the Meltzer ratings. Uh, Mankind versus Dwayne Gill got a dud. Al Snow versus Jeff Jarrett got a dud. Steve Austin versus Big Boss Man got 0.5 stars. Steven Regal versus X-Pac got uh, 0.75 stars. 
or three quarters of a star. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Shamrock versus Gold Dust got one point five stars. The Rock versus Boss Band got a dud. The Undertaker versus Kane got a dud. Mankind versus Al Snow got point uh, a half a star. The Rock versus Ken Shamrock got two point five stars. So finally, he starts to enjoy something on this card. Mm-hmm. Um, Sable versus Jacqueline got a star. Mankind versus Steve Austin got three stars. The Rock versus The Undertaker got uh, 0.75. The New Age Outlaws versus D'Lo, Brown, and Mark Henry versus The Headbangers got one star. I would argue it didn't deserve that, but... Mm -hmm. um, The Rock versus Mankind in the final got three and a half stars. Yeah. I, I can't really disagree with any of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, aside from that uh, that tag match, I don't think it deserved one. But needless to say, the crowd was no. Actually, I, coming thinking about it again, no, the crowd really wasn't all that hot for that match. No, they they died right down. And for most of the matches that were tournament matches, anyway. I think the thing about it is that that was the thing about it is that I didn't. I agree with those star ratings, but I didn't. I didn't hate this show. Right. And I think the tournament format is one that worked pretty well. And I think it's something that I'm surprised they never went back to. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like uh, it's refreshing considering how many Survivor Series I've watched. And don't get me wrong, I, I love a Survivor Series tag match, but to do something completely different. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the following year they went back to having Survivor Series tag matches. But, um, no, I, I I appreciate a one night tournament because you never see them, especially on pay per view. Yeah. So let us get into it, Rylan. There was a pre show to this. We do we even want to talk about it? We should run through the matches just to 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 laugh at it. Sure. Uh, too much beat the Hardy Boys. Too much eventually becoming too cool. Beat yes. the Hardy Boys in a dark match. The Job Squad beat the Leech of Doom, good lord, in a match on Heat. Val Venus beat Tiger Ali Singh in a match on Heat. And Gangrel beat Steve Blackman in a match on Heat. Uh, the Gangrel-Blackman match was the long match of that Heat show, which is came in at 3 minutes 21 seconds. <laughs> That's a theme for this evening. Oh yeah, this is a short, a lot of short stuff. So let's get into the tournament. We get a lot of Vince McMahon off the rip. It's clear that he has something planned. He has all his stooges there. Patterson and Briscoe are both there with him. Sergeant Slaughter is there, who's apparently the commissioner of the company at this time. Oh, yeah. Weird. Mankind comes out first, and he has a mystery opponent for his first round matchup. And it turns out to be Dwayne Gill. Crowd thought it would be Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Did you hear that? I didn't know that. I mean, Dwayne Gill was a weird choice. And obviously, Mankind very quickly dispatches of him. DDT rolls him up. That's the that's your lot. This was bad, but it's one of those things like, why even have a mystery opponent? Yeah. <laughs> and if if like you got so many guys on the roster, why couldn't it have been anyone else besides Dwayne Gill? 
I, yeah. I guess, I guess for storyline purposes, like mankind was Vince's chosen one, right? right? So like the easy victory is a gift off the hop. So he beats Gilbert, uh, the future Gilbert in a very quick match. And we move on to the rest of the tournament. First, another first round matchup, Al Snow versus Jeff Jarrett. Al Snow getting the maybe a bit of a surprise victory. Yeah. Some shenaniganry. He gets the victory after hitting Jarrett with head. Because Jarrett they were they both tried to get the guitar at one point, but uh at head he was used by Al Snow to hit Jarrett. And he gets the pinfall victory in a not very good match, but like perfectly fine. Well, Al Snow couple- looked okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Al Snow looked okay. A nice, a nice couple of high, uh, high spots in this match. A, a little bit, a little bit of a different pace than I was expecting from these two. So I wasn't like disappointed with it, and it didn't last very long. So it didn't overstay its welcome either. We move along to the next first round match: Austin Bossman and Austin wins by DQ. Bossman clearly is just here to cause Austin some pain. And ends up getting the disqualification, beats him with the nightstick, Austin hobbles to the back. Not much to say about this one. No, no, again, like it 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 uh, really didn't register all that much. Like it was a brawl that ended with the disqualification. Regal X Pac was a solid match, actually. Like this yeah, one ended yeah. up being okay. Uh, this was the longest one of the first round. It was a little over eight minutes. They ended on a double count out because the two were brawling on the outside and were quickly counted out. Yes. Which was, you know, surprising considering some of the stuff that we got later. But it turns out those two were counted out and that at the end of the match, Sergeant Slaughter comes up and tries to get it extended. But Xbox just goes to the back. Uh, yeah, apparently hurt his neck. So, yeah. I mean... I guess he just wasn't down for it, but it was a very awkward scene there because, like, you had Vince send out Slaughter, and like less than a minute later, he's like, "So Austin gets to move forward." Like, yeah. I just, I, it was, it was very, uh, like, credit to them being, I guess, on the fly as they needed to be in that situation, but like, still, it was weird. Yeah, it was a very strange match. I think that. It was pretty good between the two of them, and it did mean that Austin got a bye to the semifinal, which was was good. We'll we'll get to where what that led to after this. Our final, or we got a couple more first round matches. Ken Shamrock defeats Goldust, uh, tapping him out with the ankle lock. This was solid. Yep. Again, two guys who. Like we've talked about it plenty of times with Dustin Rhodes, like an underrated worker. He had just become gold dust again after a period of time where he was just Dustin Runnels again in WWE. Um, and Ken Shamrock again, one of the guys who I feel like just underrated as to how good of a good and crisp of a pro wrestler this guy was. He transitioned over from MMA so fluently. Yeah, his, his offense looked like it hurt. The submissions looked great. His counter, his transitions were good. And a drop kick was real fluid. Like, yeah, this is solid. I, I will say that this was what we thought would like. Ken Shamrock is the uh, in, antithesis of what people thought was cool in the 90s, though. Just this guy just jacked up, hitting himself in the face. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, we, I feel like this guy would never get over in 2024. No, not at all. But 
was the epitome of cool back then. <laughs> we were we were wrong about stuff. Uh, final first round match: The Rock defeated Big Boss Man again. Yes, in a three second roll up. Can I just say, uh, Patterson and Briscoe coming out to the DX music and crotch chopping, fucking hilarious. Oh, fucking awful. just ridiculous. Like, I, I those two were always such bumbling idiots, but like they played it so well. Um, yeah, so yeah, Boss Man comes out, loses in three seconds. That's that. Rock moves on. So far, I mean, what in the first round, like you got the two guys who go to the finals getting the easy first round matches. Yeah, this was. A pretty, I mean, it was a decent first round. I don't think anything was, you know, set the world on fire. I thought, you know, uh, Regal and X-Pac and Shamrock and Goldust were both good, which was, you know, those are the guys who were not going to be doing as much working on the show. So they were able to get a little more work in, in this early stage. And this, a lot of this was story based as well, but yeah, this was entertaining. Right. Move to the quarterfinals. The Undertaker and Kane were both given a bye and matched up with each other. Undertaker ends up winning, countering the choke slam into a tombstone pile driver. This was not great. They, I feel like they never had a great match. Like it, I, I it started was well. Yeah, it, it started fine, but like, well, number one, I know for a fact Undertaker was hurt during this. So, like, I—I I mean, I commend—I commend him for going in there and trying. But like, mm. yeah, it just—it didn't really seem like it really connected at all. Uh, it never really got to that any level, really. I, I was about to say the next level, but I don't think it even had a, a level to start from. Not really. Um, and yeah, like uh, Undertaker moves on. Yep. The next quarterfinal match, we had Mankind defeating Al Snow. This is a, another short one. Al Snow got a little bit of offense, but Mankind found Mr. Sacco that was tied to head as a bandana, apparently by Vince McMahon. Yes. Yeah, Vince put him in there just to anger Mankind. And it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Mankind sort of uh, snapped. He he got the Mr. Sacco did the the mandible claw. Oh God! Uh, him him beating up head for for having Sacco priceless. Yeah, Mick was Mick was in fine form in the show. Absolutely. But yeah, this was this was okay. It, it you know told the story. It continued things on. It was the first sort of indication of the way things were going. That Vince was, you know, they, they said Vince was playing Mankind the whole time. And I think everyone knew that. Fans were behind Mankind, too. Even though he was, you know, Vince's guy. But I think everyone was still, it's hard to move. Right. So, moving right along. We're moving through this pretty quickly. I think we'll we'll get a little bit more detail later on. Uh, our... Final quarterfinal match because So Cold had moved through to the semifinal. The Rock beat Ken Shamrock in what was probably the best match of the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that those two always had great chemistry, and they had been mm -hmm. working together uh, the year prior when The Rock had become the babyface out of the, the the Nation of Domination stuff. So also uh, every everything I looked into this pay per view and when they brought up this match. Uh, they mentioned the the chair shot that The Rock delivered to Ken Shamrock on a, a raw that uh, 
just disgusting. I thought there were a few things that I noted from this match. Uh, I thought The Rock looked great taking the the ankle lock. Mm-hmm. He was always like, it's so good. See, so early on in his career, how good he was at being, you know, racked in pain and submission. And he did that really well. One thing I will say is uh, in a couple of weeks, you guys are going to hear an over under where I talk about The Rock. Uh, this show uh, kind of kind of proved me wrong in a sense because uh, he was he was a bumping machine and he looked great in uh, every outing he had. Really, mm-hmm. uh, he was in I, I I would say one of his best runs, uh, and it was about to take off even further. So, uh, yeah, no, th- this was a great night for him. Yeah, and this was. I, I think until we get to the final, this was probably his. I mean, this was obviously his best match, but right. this was this was really good. He and Shamrock were were great together. It was a solid pairing between the two of them. You know, they they were similarly sized. They Shamrock got a good amount of offense in, and ends up getting the victory. I believe it was the rock bottom that put away Shamrock. I think so. Yeah, because he he did he hit the people's elbow, but that wasn't enough to win. No. That was twice on this show too. Like I think they, yep. they, yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. So we get through the quarterfinals, which means that we have the Undertaker, Mankind, The Rock, and So Cold Steve Austin as the final four. Probably about as good as a final four as you could get at this point in in the WWF, <laughs> especially with some of the names in this tournament. <laughs> but I do want to know because you know. We're kind of motoring through this, but I do want to note something that was mentioned a few times was how young the, these guys were. Yeah. I, like, The Rock, I think, was still in his 20s. This right. Um, Mick was early 30s. They mentioned later that D'Lo Brown was 25 and Mark Henry was 26. I think. Yeah. Like, it is amazing to me how young this roster really was at that time. And how many stars they made of guys who were still pretty fresh into their careers. Well, I mean, even like, I think The Undertaker debuted at the age of 29. This was, oh, no. He had to have been younger. Because I feel like he was in, still in his early 30s at this point. But, uh, but Kane... in 65, grew. so this was 98. So yeah, he would have been early 30s. Like... Uh, Kane's another one, X-Pac, like, this was a show of the future, like, they, they moved on from Bret Hart after 97, but, like, it was more than just Bret Hart, they moved on from that whole look and feel of their program, uh, the stars that were a part of it, and they were, this pay-per-view is really uh, a showing of how different 97 and 98 look. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that you're at a period in WWF where all of their older stars got bought up by WCW and they had to make new stars and they proved that they could do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, it's always, I don't want to like fully bring this around, but that was always what's frustrating to me about the, uh, WWE in the modern day is just need to give them, make them look strong and you can believably put anybody up there what's frustrating about this for me is vince russo wrote this show this is the vince russo original and two years later he's in wcw and how is it how are you the same person who wrote this show with all this like 
great storytelling throughout the show. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you screw it up with the, the same, if not more, money? I mean, this still has the chaos of a Vince Russo booking. But what the... Yeah, what there are 18 it, matches on this card. Yeah. yeah, what keeps it together is that there's narrative through line through the show. And I think that's where Vince was able to sort of temper. Not that I want to praise Vince, because God knows. But he was able to temper some of um, Russo's like wildest successes. Right. Move along, because we're now through the quarterfinals. We're on to the semifinals. But before we get that, uh wrestler's going to break, because we get the women's match. Sable defeating Jacqueline. I believe this is her first uh, women's title. Yes. Victory. I, it, I, I, I don't know if she ever had another, but I might be wrong. And yeah, this was, I came into this not expecting much. And this was like a perfectly fine match. Yeah, it was serviceable, especially in this era where women's wrestling was not the top tier athletic uh, uh, effort that it is now. Um, this was, yeah, like this was perfectly fine. Jacqueline did her, as she always does, Jacqueline was, was very, very good. And Sable held her own too. She made, she looked smooth. Uh, all of the, the moves really worked. She powerbombed Miro. Yeah. This was this was very good. And yeah, this is the revival of the women's championship after it got got binned by Lunder Blaze, right? I believe so, yes. So this was yeah, there you go. Moving on to the semifinals. Uh before we get into that, anything you sort of want to note about the tournament so far or feelings? Just, like it the show itself had a nice flow to it. Like it was, it's under three hours, which makes it an easier watch than most. But like compared to what we're watching next month, and I'll wait till the end of the show to announce it. Um, this, I, I still haven't finished that one. And this, I was able to sit through quick evening, like viewing. Uh, I, I had notes about it. Like I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, so, so far into this and like, and for me, like this show doesn't have that moment where it just kind of comes crashing down, which we've reviewed a lot of shows that have, have those moments. Um, so it was refreshing, I guess. Semi-final matches. Oh, actually before, oh, I forgot before we got into it. I did want to know from the quarterfinal, uh, the rock versus shamrock. I forgot how it ended. It was with nightstick. Which was yes. such an impressive oh. spot. Yes. Yes. I, I completely forgot about that too. Yes. The rock with the catch of his life. Caught it. It was thrown perfectly such because we'll talk about it when we get to the end, but it was thrown perfectly such that it looked like it was going to Shamrock. Okay. And the rock somehow came away with it and hit it smooth, smooth as like. Could not have asked for that to be timed up better. Right. And they made it look so good. And credit to Bossman, credit to The Rock for certain, and you know, credit to Shamrock as well for making that look smooth and believable. Oh, yeah. It was a very good spot. I'm happy you remembered that because that, that was definitely one of those moments on this show that kind of caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was very, very good. So we'll move back into the tournament matchups. Uh, semi final match, we get. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin returning uh, while injured, taking on Mankind. Mankind, who had wrestled in a tux to this point, this is where he starts to lose the pieces of the tux. Uh, Austin beats him out of the jacket, and he's mostly just shirt and pants for most of this, but then loses his pants towards the end of it as well. We get some story development in this. It becomes clear over the middle of this. So Mantine tries to run away and Patterson and Briscoe try to convince him back. Austin goes out and smashes their heads together. Yes. And brings Mankind back into the ring. And at this point, Vince McMahon reveals, who had been in a wheelchair to this point, that he was perfectly fine. And he started trying to direct traffic at Austin standing up. We get more back and forth into the uh, into the ring. There's a there's a long sequence where they fought into the crowd between these two. Mm-hmm. We get back into the ring. Austin hits the stunner, and they try to get the three count, but the referee is dragged out by Vince McMahon and taken out. Austin obviously incensed. He beats up Mick some more, hits another stunner. And referee Shane McMahon, who I think the only match he had done to this point was he would he was after the women's match. Yes, yeah, he was. The storyline was that Vince had fired Steve Austin uh, on TV, and Shane yep. had come in and hired him back. And because of that, Vince had made Shane a referee. They noted the five-year contract he gave Steve Austin. Uh, at that point, which interestingly enough, I think he pretty much was done after five years. Yeah. So foreboding that. Yes. <laughs> so Austin hits another stunner. Shane comes in, counts two, but then holds the two count, flips off uh, Austin, who is obviously furious. Shane runs away. And this allows Mankind to get the advantage and uh, pin Austin. Shane McMahon comes back in to get the count. There was some chair stuff involved in this as well. So Mankind gets the victory. McMahon screws Austin and the crowd uh, having none of this. Okay, so apparently uh, when Shane had flipped him off, Bossman was supposed to come out at that point and attack Austin, but he was backstage talking about something else he was supposed to be doing on the show and completely missed his cue, which is why that ending sequence seemed a little bit awkward and why uh, I think it was Gerald Briscoe had to nail Austin with the softest chair shot of all, the fluffiest of fluff chair shots. And Austin to this day talks about this moment. Like he was furious with him for not just laying it in. Yeah. I I do want to note, you, you asked me earlier if I had anything of note, I I completely forgot commentary on this pay-per-view was great. Yes. 100%. This was, I've never been a fan of Jerry Lawler. This was probably the best Lawler we had. And JR was in top form. Oh oh my God. The whole pay-per-view from beginning to end. He was fantastic. Mm Yeah. Called this really, really well, and this is this is why you have Jr. Mm-hmm. Was the shows like this? He was he was money on this show. Uh, less so, Michael Cole. I forgot how early Michael Cole had been hired by this company. <laughs> I don't remember what segment it was backstage, but Michael Cole looks at the he camera, just stared there. right into that camera. Like, uh, oh, I don't remember what it was, but it was hilarious. I was interviewing someone. I can't remember who it was either. Anyway, second semifinal match, 
Undertaker versus The Rock. Having a slower plotting match uh, yeah. leading up to these. There was a lot of combat on the outside. These two didn't really... They battled they into the crowd as well. Like I felt yeah. like by the end of this tournament, I'm like, when did this just become no disqualification? Yeah, this was. I mean, they took a while on the outside. There was also some chair involvement in this. They get back into the ring. Bossman comes out as though he's going to try to screw the rock again, but he he tries to interfere. The Undertaker pushes him away at some point. Which was interesting because he, uh, boss man caught Rock's feet when he was trying to do the people's elbow on right. the Undertaker. And then, uh, Undertaker shoots him off. Then King comes out, hits the Rock with a choke slam, and the Rock wins by disqualification, which leads the Undertaker and Kane to brawl to the back. Sure. sure. Yeah. It, you know what? It didn't hurt this pay-per-view. <laughs> it didn't hurt the card at all by having this. It just, at this point for me, I did have to laugh because I'm like, this is such a WWE tournament. Like, how many of these matches have ended by double countout, disqualification, mm -hmm. like some sort of nefarious act ended the match as opposed to a pinfall? Or well, submission. most of it was shenanigans. Yeah. But to that same point, I wasn't not enjoying myself. So sometimes it works. New Age Outlaws, the Headbangers, and D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry in a triple threat tag match. This being a, the triple threat rules where three people had to be in the ring, one member for each team. Um, this was bad. Yeah, yeah it was you, really bad. For for one, road they worked Road Dog over forever. Like this match was only 10 minutes, and it felt every one of those 10 minutes. They worked over... When the headbangers are your work rate guys in a match, that's trouble. Um, headbangers got a little bit of decent offense, and D'Lo came in and did, did a little work. Mark Henry looked strong, certainly. He was um, still very green at this point. D'Lo, yeah, always liked D'Lo, though. D'Lo yeah. always had some high, flashy moves. D'Lo hit a couple of power bombs that looked very nice. They worked Road Dog over just for forever in a day. Billy Gun hot tags in, just sort of beats on everybody, and gets a fairly quick win after this. I forget who he even pinned. So I mean, famous here, but I don't think that was the finish. He just sort of, yeah, just sort of got caught somebody with a move, and that was just sort of it. Um. This wasn't very good. No, no. And again, the, I mean, this was the come down match. So like it was placed on this card for a reason. And the crowd kind of bit right into that because they just didn't care about this at all. I mean, the crowd was hot for the outlaws coming out, which again, every outlaws match I've ever seen, the crowd is hotter for the entrance than it is for the actual match. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was just a lot of the late nineties. Yeah. We get The Rock versus Mankind, the final of the tournament. The corporate heel, who was sort of a babyface versus the people's champion. And this was an interesting match. This one was allowed to go longer. They brawled to the outside heavily. Mick did some absurd stuff. He took a diving elbow to the outside at one point. He 
they tried to do a, a, a move through the announce table, and he didn't give it all. No, the, the leg some, drop. Yeah, the leg drop off, and it just just tumbled over. Both of them looked like they felt every bit of that. That was Jr.'s best call. That was mm-hmm. he, he at that this, that point. He was going ballistic. Yeah, The Rock was working heel for a lot of this match. I don't know if a lot of people sort of hot on to that, but The Rock. Well, he was. He he was super over. Like the crowd was chanting for him. They were definitely yeah. booing Mick Foley at this point. Yeah, but the but the Rock uh, started. Uh, he was into the corner. He was sort of jawing at the referee a lot. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that was happening. He was certainly working this match more heelishly than he normally would have. And we get to the ending sequence. The 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 Two went back and forth. Foley got the mandible claw in. Again, The Rock was fading, manages to get out of it, fights his way across. Eventually, The Rock locks in a sharpshooter. And Vince McMahon calls for the bell. Because Vince McMahon can't let a thing that happened go. So we got the screwjob finish. The Rock defeats mankind. And The Rock... Vince and Shane McMahon come into the ring to celebrate, the, and this is the birth of the corporate champion, The Rock. That, of course, gets the iron Stone Cold Steve Austin, who comes out after the match, hits a stunner on, on The Rock, tosses him out, the McMahon's run away, he throws the, he takes up the belt and he throws it onto The Rock as well, flips off everybody, hits a stunner on Mankind, and leaves as his music plays with the champion, his belt at his side in a heap on the outside. And that's how you end your show. Yeah. So I got a lot of feelings about this end, end of this. Uh, number one, so strange that the match ends and, and like every other, you know, pay-per-view we've ever watched that's where the that, that that's when the show ends but no vince grabs a mic and he's got to do this like four minute promo which we forgot to talk about in the middle of this show that vince and company had left the building after yes, that's after, right after the semifinals or i'll get them after the semifinal of mankind in austin vince and his stooges run away go into a limousine a pair drive off mcmahon Steals a car from a person, just tosses oh, yeah, a Austin, person aside. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, or Austin, and Austin steals a car and, and chases after them. Apparently, Vince and Shane did work in the limo. It was just Briscoe and Patterson, and probably Sergeant Slaughter. So Vince and Shane were still there, and the boss man was still there uh, for the final as well. There's a lot of holes in this. A lot of why is boss man trying to screw the rock the entire show just for the rock? Well, to it was join clear the that, like, to me, it turned out like I feel like the boss man was trying to help the rock without making it seem like he was helping the rock. It's fair, it's fair. I think that's um, what they were going for. Shamrock joins the corporation two weeks later, and all yeah. I'm thinking to myself is, um, this guy, like, you literally got screwed by these guys two weeks ago at the tournament. And you just like, oh, you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> um, Kyle, like, so let's let's get into it. Who, who gets your Lance Storm Award? Oh, boy. Um, there are a few candidates on this show because I think a lot of people, uh, like, I mean, 
I can't give it to The Rock, obviously, who I think was probably the star of the show. He worked this show really well. Um, the, all his matches were, were solid. He was fluid in the ring throughout it. I'm sort of between a few people. I'll give credit where credit is due to a few people. I thought Ken Shamrock had a great showing throughout this show. I thought he was he was excellent in his matches. I thought Goldust looked good in his match. Uh, Al Snow was solid throughout the show as well. There wasn't really any of the tag match that super impressed me. I will give the the award, though. I'm going to give it to X-Pac. I thought he was really firing his match. And it was unfortunate he got hurt in this. But he was sort of the person in the tournament who kept the pace up and really was hitting some of that higher-flying offense. I don't know if anybody else went to the top rope aside from him and I think Foley. Yeah, and uh, Foley's my... Uh, 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 pick for the Lance Thorne reward. This guy put his body through like the first match with notwithstanding the rest mm-hmm. of this, th- this guy, the rest of the show, this guy was actually having wrestling matches match with Austin was great. Took a lot of damage in that took even more against the rock as mm-hmm. is tradition for matches. Yeah. Between it was the rock and, just chair shot to the face. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> Just oh yeah, there was the, the spot where he was under the the steps, yes. and Rock was laying into him with the chair. Yes, yes. What the fuck? Like this an absurd spot. And then he had some just directly unprotected chair shot to the face. Yep, the, that was uh, which was his calling card, I think, at this point. And yeah, Jr. with the call, his brains are scrambled again. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This was. Uh, Honestly, Kyle, I I I I really enjoyed this. I I think this was kind of like a nice change of pace for a Survivor Series show. Some like don't get me wrong, like the ending is ridiculous, and and mm. but you know what? This is kind of like the course we're on when we're on these or when we're watching these uh, Attitude Era shows. But we we kind of have to expect a little bit of ridiculous. I that was the thing you mentioned the Meltzer ratings off the hop, and I agree with those Meltzer ratings. Like I don't think there was any match that particularly stood out, especially for a person like Meltzer who's looking for like you know work rate, ex, you know longer matches. There was none of that on the show, but this was a show that was the whole was better than the sum of its parts. Right. The through line of the story of the entire show made it flow really smoothly. And I think at the time, people probably weren't super thrilled about the show. But I think looking back on it, people probably enjoy this show more reflectively, despite the fact that some of these matches weren't particularly good, because it was an interesting story throughout it. It felt very cohesive. It made narrative sense throughout the entire thing. And despite the heel shenaniganry, it was a clear direction and a a surprising direction, but not a bad surprise. Right. The Rock was certainly over, and you don't necessarily want to take an over face and turn it heel, but this turn worked a heck of a lot better than the Austin one. Yeah, that's that's very true. And man, is that ever foreboding for us, eh? Yeah. Like we're getting a lot of rock Austin in the next few months. Yep. Um so that was your show. Uh Rylan, what do you want to rate this out of five? I'm gonna be untraditional here. Like usually I'd give something like this a three or three point five, but I enjoyed it a lot. I'm gonna give it a four. Mm. I'll say 3.5. I can't give it too, too much of a like clearance because, again, the match quality... There was something that offended me 
uh, even a tag match, which I did not enjoy particularly, wasn't an awful tag match. It was just not like particularly fun. Right. The rest of the show, though, you know, the women's match was was surprisingly solid. Even the the quick matches, they were over quickly. Like the, mm-hmm. the matches, the boss man at least were over quickly, so they didn't have to, you know, work over the boss man. And the story throughout the show was was solid, and it made it feel. It made it really was a slice of just being in the Attitude Era. I don't love weird finishes and i think that the the screw job was a really lazy way of doing this you could have just as easily given the rock the championship belt and had to hit fully over the head with it but i thought this was a fun show overall and you know not one i necessarily go back to again but i'm not unhappy that i watched it right well, Kyle, we've wrapped up another one. And uh, why don't you tell the fine folks listen to these podcasts that we do every Friday? What is coming up on Wall of Rewind next month? Because we've got a twofer. We've got a we got a, a begin. We got a curtain call, uh, a curtain jerker, and a main event next month. So we've got another Survivor Series show. I'm not. I'm trying to remember. Is it Survivor Series '92? It's '90. Oh, Survivor Series 90. So yes. we are doing an OG Survivor Series. And it's it's nothing but Survivor Series matches. There's yeah. not a single singles match on this card. Oh god, this is this is uh Sergeant Slaughter's uh Iraqi Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, oh, uh, this is also the debut of The Undertaker. Um, and Roddy Piper on commentary with Gorilla Monsoon screaming at you for two hours and 22 minutes. There you go. With, and, Look at as that ham hock. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're going with is that is the, the show we're going to be doing. That is another um, victory thing. We'll get into that when we get into that show. Uh, right. For um, Rumble Pool. And then at the end of March, we also have uh, another Wallop Rewind coming at you. Yeah, we are going to be reviewing, because you beat me in the Royal Rumble poll, we are going to be reviewing WrestleMania X7. Uh, some more classic Attitude Era stuff coming at you. Yeah, we're, I'm very excited for the next few months on Wallop Rewind. It's, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, I think. Absolutely. So... Thank you for listening all the way to the end of this show. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. You're listening to Wallop Rewind with Kyle Joseph and Riley Turner. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.